in that moment, you hold actually the key to your quantum leap to take you to the next level of the game, so to speak. Welcome to the Create from the Source podcast. I'm Katja Maria Slotte, and this is the show to help you align with your source so you can have a creative life and business that's authentic and thriving. This show is made for artists and creative, multi-passionate souls, musicians, singers, actors, songwriters, writers, dancers, creative entrepreneurs and teachers of the creative and performing arts. So if you're a creative and you're done listening to your inner critic, to the starving artist narratives of the collective and to what other people think an artist can or cannot do, and you want to find your own authentic voice in your art and in your artist's life, you want to get into flow and get your creative projects moving steadily forward toward your exciting vision and uplift your vibration to create miracles in your life, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to be back with episode five. And I have to say I'm very much fueled by all the lovely messages and comments that you have been sending me about the podcast. Because as you know, starting a new creative project is always very exciting and it's super scary at the same time. And you're putting out something not really knowing how it will resonate. So it's been so wonderful to receive your messages. Thank you so much. Please also remember to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher or wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast. So remember to leave a review and it's super simple. You can click leave a review and leave the podcast some stars and also it's possible to leave a written review and this would be a very great way to support the podcast especially now at the beginning because the beginning of a new project is sort of like a critical phase for basically any new project. So I would appreciate it so much. And as you remember that in the previous episode, we talked about how to get past day three in a creative project. And although getting past day three has a lot to do with things like getting to work and not judging the work, but just doing the work, remembering that it's not your job to judge it. It's so important still to also receive support as you are, especially at these critical first beginning stages of a new project, because nobody can pull all of that drive completely just out of themselves. So your support and feedback is a fuel for me. And also 
it really helps the podcast to grow in visibility. So remember to share it with your friends, leave that review, leave that, uh, click those stars uh, when you listen to the podcast and remember to share it with people that you think would really benefit from this content. So as I shared on the podcast blog, you might not know yet, but the podcast also has a blog. Go check it out on createfromthesource.com. There's bonus content available and you can subscribe to get all of that extra content delivered straight into your inbox. So I shared there about my strategies Uh, on getting past day three in this podcast project. And one of my strategies was to really remember my why. So why am I making this podcast in the first place? Why do I even bother to take the time and the energy and the intention to sit down behind this microphone and start talking to you and prepare these episodes. And my why has got all to do with you, my listener. So that is why it is so, so wonderful to also hear back from you. And I want to share a message that I did receive from Inga in Finland. And she wrote to me, your podcast has been eye opening and poking me in a good way. When I'm listening to the podcast episodes, I've noticed that the energy coming from your voice holds space for me to listen to my innermost self and how easy it is to become inspired and gain new insights. It's easier to hear oneself and one's own creative source when you have someone holding up the energy together with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this message, Inga, and I'm happy I get to poke you in a good way. My whole intention with this podcast was to create a space that would be not only inspiring and motivating, but also to create a space where you can pause and reflect on your artist life and the way things are right now, the vision you have and the direction you would like to take. So my intention really is to offer you food for thought for this process of clarifying things for yourself and aligning yourself and clarifying your vision and your direction and clarifying what it is that you want to let go of and also giving you concrete tools on how to go on about it. My wish with this podcast is really to create a space where we get to explore all of this and also explore the more mystical side or the spiritual side of being a creative, of creativity and creating, because I think all of those are linked with each other. And as I'm planning new episodes, I wanted to let you know that there will also be some guests featured here on the podcast to have conversations 
conversations about these topics, about creativity, artistry, finding your artist identity, music, singing, artist life, nervous system health, mindset, the subconscious mind, energy work, spirituality, personal development, artist business, and many other topics that I am interested in exploring here in Create from the Source. And if you have a request on a specific topic or a specific question that you would like to be discussed here or if there's someone whose story or expertise you would absolutely love to hear on this podcast, then send me an email to podcast at katyamaria.com and my name spells K-A-T-J-A-M-A-R-I-A. So that's katyamaria.com and the email address was podcast at katyamaria.com. And before we dive in to the topic of this episode, I did want to let you know about this summer's coaching opportunities, as this summer will look a little bit different from previous summers. So this summer, I am taking a step back and allowing for some space for the things that want to come out next to emerge and also for moving. So I am about to move back to my old hometown or one of my old hometowns, Helsinki, where I studied. So in a month from now, I'm going to move to Helsinki. What this all means for this summer is I don't have any summer retreats lined up or any specific summer projects lined up like I usually do. But I do have one coaching opportunity for this summer and that's what I want to tell you about. And this one thing is something that I'm super excited about because it has come from that place of the creative urge, you know, where you just know that it has to happen. And it is also the most requested topic inside of the Create from the Source art coaching membership and it is a topic that comes up in one-on-one -on -one coaching so often. So this has got to do with artist identity, mission and vision. And this summer I am testing out new ways of doing this work in a group setting because I have noticed that having the group there, the group of peers around you, of other artists as you explore these topics for your own artist identity and your own creative career, having this group of peers around you is so valuable. So now this week, we just wrapped up the first one of a two-part workshop series where we explored artist identity through storytelling. And the second two-part workshop is going to happen in July and August. So in those two workshops, we're diving into the why and the so what of being an artist and about your artist identity and mission. So why is it that you create your work and what does it like, what does it matter beyond your own interest? 
And these questions are there to be explored so that you will be able to talk about your creative work with more ease and to connect easier with your audience, with people who are interested in booking you, with clients and so much more. Exploring these topics will also help you get focus if you happen to be a multi-passionate and also like one of the artists said in the workshop this week, it is so helpful to dive into your artist identity and your mission and your vision because it helps you sort of like keep the channel open to your creative self and to your core, to your own creative source, because that channel can so easily be sort of like clogged or polluted by the challenges of everyday life. So from time to time, it's super, super helpful to really slow down and tap in a little bit deeper, go behind all those whys. Why do I create? Why do I make art? What do I actually want to say? And what kind of an artist career and artist life do I aspire to have as I'm moving forward? So you are very welcome to join this series. And if you have missed the first of the workshop series, don't worry, you can still join and there will be a replay available. And in the workshops, in the live workshops on Zoom, we do group exercises and you get to interact with other artists and me. And then in between the Zoom sessions, there are some homework assignments for you and you will also receive some prompts to really get that work deepened in between the sessions. The dates for the next live workshop sessions on Zoom are on the 21st of June, 12th of July and 23rd of August. And don't worry, there are replays available if you have to miss some or all of these sessions. Although I do hope that you're going to be uh, joining live because it is so powerful to have that group there with you. And if you want to know more and join this summer workshop series, then send me an email to podcast at katjamaria.com. So that is K-A-T-J-A-M-A-R-I-A.com. Podcast at katjamaria.com. Or send me a DM on Instagram at create from the source or Katya Maria coaching. And then I will fill you in on the logistics. And after the summer, this workshop series, this specific workshop series is not returning anymore in its current form because I'm in the process of developing a group program for this topic. 
So if you want to be in at the very beginning, which is usually the super exciting place to be and to get the best price, because this price is never going to come back again, you should really consider joining us this summer. So I'm so much looking forward to welcoming you in the upcoming workshops. All right, with that being said, let's dive in the topic of this episode. So while we are going to continue exploring the topic of authenticity in more of the upcoming podcast episodes, in this episode, I wanted to dive into creative energy and especially the distractions and the drains that we can experience in our creative lives and share some insights that I have had since I started my 40 day or more practice to reclaim my own creative energy. So over on the blog that lives on createfromthesource.com, I recently posted a heart-to-heart -heart talk about how earlier this year I felt like the cork popped in a creative block that I wasn't even aware of having. So go read it if you want to know more. And in this episode, I want to give you some background to that story and explain what I mean with reclaiming your creative energy, what creative energy is anyway, and how you might be leaking yours and why it's so important to sort of like safeguard your creative energy and to become really good at managing distractions and leaks. So this topic is not only something that I have lived experience with, but it is also a topic that comes up in artist coaching all of the time. Earlier this year, I did a poll on my Instagram account, Katya Maria Coaching, and asked you what were the biggest reasons to you not getting your creative work done, like not getting, getting your creative work done as often as you would like to get it done or at all. And the majority of people who replied to that poll reported back that the reason they didn't get creative work done was either because they were drained physically, mentally and energetically, or they were distracted and overwhelmed. So interestingly enough, less people reported back that the reason to why they didn't get their creative work done had to do with their schedule being busy. Because oftentimes we hear people say, I don't have the time to do my creative work or I don't have the time to practice. I don't know where to find the time or how to find the time. But interestingly enough, this was not the main reason. So the main reason, at least from the people who answered to this poll, was the drain, the energetic drain, the mental drain, the physical drain, and the overwhelm and the distractions. And of course, scheduling can have its part in becoming drained, in you becoming drained. But it seems like the scheduling was like a secondary thing and the drain was the biggest reason to why we don't get our creative work done. 
And this was also my own experience when earlier this year, like I told you, I noticed that a cork popped in a creative block and that block was huge and I didn't even know that I had such a huge creative block going on it was like as if I already had become completely numb to the fact that I was creatively blocked and I wasn't even noticing it and then when that cork popped and I started sort of like examining what was underneath all of that, like what had led to this pressure building up, like that's the image that I have of that cork popping up. That's for me what happens when you have a creative block, your energy, your creative energy gets trapped and there is like this resistance building up and that energy can't go anywhere. And then when the cork pops and the block is released, the energy can flow again. And this time when I started examining this block, I realized that it wasn't like the energy got trapped, but I found out that that energy had been leaking like for lengthy periods of time that energy had been leaking to all kinds of projects, past and present projects, and, you know, shiny objects and all kinds of things where you sort of like were just giving a lot of creative energy all over the place and you only get the scraps of what is left of it for yourself. And also that energy had been leaking to all kinds of circumstances, outside circumstances, dealing with life stuff. So it had been leaking everywhere. And because there was sort of like no energy left circulating in my own creative channel, because it had been, you know, leaking everywhere else, it was everywhere else, but in my own channel, that led to this block that was in a way like unlike of any creative block that I have experienced thus far. And I have experienced many throughout my own creative life. I think it's normal. So also let's normalize creative blocks. We all have them and we can all move through them and pass them. But this one was quite interesting because... It was kind of tricky. It was big and it was tricky because I didn't even realize I was blocked until that moment when that cork popped. And I can tell you about what that moment was like or what led to that moment. So how I found out about basically being blocked and having that cork pop moment was when I arrived at the location where I'm at right now because you may or may not know that on New Year's Eve last year or like this New Year's Eve 2023 I closed my apartment um, which I had emptied in Rotterdam, the Netherlands, where I have lived for the past 20 years. 
And I set out basically on a nomad journey, figuring out where to settle next. And I had gotten rid of a lot of my possessions and the stuff that was left was packed in boxes and shipped into storage. And basically, since the beginning of the year, I have been living out of a suitcase. And I also brought my stage piano with me because I knew that I wanted to play the piano and make music. So where I'm at right now, it's on the Åland Islands. It's an archipelago between Finland and Sweden. It's an autonomous region of Finland and an interesting side note, they all speak Swedish here and they even have their own flag and their own government even. It's a beautiful location and I do hope that you get the chance to visit the islands someday. So when I arrived here, I had the intention to or I wanted to like I had the desire to really connect to my own creativity again. And I made this sort of like ambitious plan and thought that I'm going to be like playing the piano and improvising every morning and then singing and, you know, like all these romantic ideas about I'm in this place and whatnot. So kind of like that idea of being in a creative retreat for yourself, right? Well, guess what happened? I ended up staring at the piano and not even being able to move in its direction. Like the piano was just standing there in the room gathering dust for weeks. And the only times I touched it and, you know, turned it on and played it was when I was coaching and I needed to do something on the piano because of that coaching session. But I did not do anything for myself. I was in a weird way unable to. And I've been there before. So I know what it feels like and, it, you know, what it looks like. And I knew because that happened that, oh, I think I might be going through a creative block because usually if I've had moments like these happen or like periods like this happen when I am basically unable to connect to my own instrument, to connect to my own creativity beyond the, you know, sessions that I do as a coach and I'm doing something on the piano for the coaching session or I'm singing something in the coaching session. If I lose the connection to my own, you know, my own creativity, my own voice, my own instrument, which has happened a couple of times earlier in my creative life, I know by that time that there's actually a block going on because when I am losing that connection, I'm losing the connection to my innermost self, my own creative source. And then my creative medium, my artistic medium. So in this case, it's singing and making music. That becomes sort of like a, what could we call it? 
some kind of a servant or like just a functional thing that you use in coaching sessions. And don't get me wrong, this has happened to me also when I was in a period of actually touring. So I have lost the connection to my creative self, even when I have been in a period of being performing a lot. So it's very interesting to me um, how your artistic medium can become some kind of like a practical tool and you can perform it. Like I can, I can sing and I can perform and I can play the piano. If somebody asks me, can you play this song um, or whatever, then I will probably be able to play it, but I'm going to be playing it or singing it from a place that is not connected. I don't really know how to explain this because I sometimes think it's so weird how this works. And if you'd ask me why it happens or why it can happen that you sort of like distance yourself from that channel or how you can lose that connection and still be sort of like doing it, like you're, you're singing, you're making music, but you are feeling disconnected about it. It's so weird how that happens and I have no idea why it happens, but I've been thinking about how maybe it has to do with things like routine, you know, when we're doing things on rote and we're, we're like routinely performing things. Um, and also maybe we do need some sort of like a healthy distancing um, when we are in the face of sharing the work with others. So there needs to be this healthy distance between you as the artist and your work and then the receiver. I don't know. These are just thoughts coming to my mind right now, right here. But in any case, I do think that it is such a weird phenomenon because it has happened to me in both contexts. So I have experienced losing that connection to my innermost self and losing the why and losing that, you know, getting that channel clogged in situations where I have been performing and being very active as a performing artist or also in situations and circumstances where I have been teaching and coaching a lot. So I can't really put the sort of like the blame on either one of the circumstances like I know a lot of people are saying like yeah if I teach and coach a lot then I am only giving and I'm not receiving well I don't think it's completely true because there are aspects of coaching and teaching where you are receiving as well but I can understand the reasoning and the thinking behind it because you are in a position of helping also you're helping and you're guiding so you are giving a lot of energy um, into that aspect and 
in order to keep your own creative channel open, you need to be fed and nourished. You need to get also uh, equally support and help. So if that is out of balance, if you're the one on the giver side and never on the receiver side, then I can see how that would create an imbalance. So if we're considering the leaks that lead to us feeling drained and unable to get to our creative work, or that lead to leaks that end up showing up as creative blocks, like complete creative drains, you could say, then we can definitely say that having an imbalance in giving versus receiving or giving versus being nourished is one of the reasons why we tend to get drained sometimes. So the question then arises, of course, well, how can you safeguard yourself from that? Like, if I look in retrospective back at how could I have safeguarded myself from having drained so much of my creative energy? Because if I look back at how this all came, you know, came to be, um, what led to the moment that I was here with my romantic, ambitious, creative retreat plan, and then finding myself unable to even, you know, play my instrument or finding it unable to connect to my own voice outside of coaching sessions, then I can look back at actually a lengthy period of time that started somewhere around 2020. Well, guess what year that was? <laughs> I guess when we say 2020, it's going to go down in history with these like bells ringing, like, okay, it's that year, right? So 2020 for me started super excitingly. I was traveling a lot at the beginning of the year. I was doing projects in Belgium where I was called in to coach in a theater production, an amazing one called Dear Winnie. And it was such an amazing experience. And, you know, working with these beautiful, beautiful creatives. And also I was doing projects in Luxembourg and I was like on a roll and I felt super excited about the year. I had made the decision to do more business training for myself. And I was really like determined to make 2020 my best year ever. And then we all know what happened. <laughs> and 2020 did not turn out as a bad year for me. It was actually turning out as a good year in many ways. But, you know, we all as a collective went through quite a lot that year and think that's when it started for me, like this energetic drain somehow started in that year. And I think a lot of those outside circumstances definitely played a role, like 
things got insecure about like, well, when am I going to see my family in Finland and my family in Spain um, the next time? Because when are we going to even be able to travel? You know, there were personal things um, like that. And then there was the collective energy, which was really heavy um, and filled with a lot of like worries. And at the same time, also... You know, when the, the moment happened, when the whole world basically had to go online overnight um, because we ended up in these um, in these lockdowns, then what happened was for me in my own business, it wasn't like the, the transition to go online wasn't an issue because I had been working online and teaching online already since 2014, 2013, something like that. So I already knew how online teaching and coaching, how it works. And I was already super enthusiastic about it. So for me, it wasn't the transition itself that cost energy. But at the same time, when that happened... I was also teaching in a couple of music schools and my colleagues were like in total panic and all other colleagues that I knew who knew that I was teaching online started sending me messages and calling me with questions about how to teach online and how to get your lessons online. And I, of course, wanted to help them because it's a horrible situation if your, you know, possibility to teach and uh, earn money and communicate with your students is taken from you in one go. So I was helping these people with how to get online. And in the end, I actually gave a workshop that was like one class on how to use Zoom and like the basics of how to how to basically teach a lesson online. And it was a wonderful experience. And I was really, really happy that my experience on teaching online by that time was useful for other reasons than just useful for myself and for my own students and clients and that I could help my colleagues like that. But I guess also in that moment, that's when that balance in, if we, you know, look back at what I discussed earlier about giving and receiving and helping and being nourished yourself, I think around that time, a kind of like a disbalance started to happen because I was suddenly helping a lot of people and um, also, you know, getting people online, like getting students online who were used to only working in one-on-one -on -one real life situations. It was a challenge because not everybody was used to how online works. Besides, also, we got to also remember that it was a challenging period for everybody personally. Um, so it was a very unusual time. And in that time, you know, what happens to a lot of people who are uh, teachers and coaches and we 
want to help people and we want to support. And, you know, if you are empathetic and you want to create an environment for other people to be able to flourish, you tend to forget about yourself or it's easy to forget about yourself. So I guess that was the time when that balance started shifting and I was not nourishing myself as much as I perhaps could have. And of course, it was also the time when all live gigs were taken away from us. Remember? So all possibilities to make music, not only performing, but even to get together um, to practice with larger groups of people, it was suddenly taken away from us and it was forbidden. So... That really, really left some traces in me, I notice in retrospective. And I was actually meeting up with a musician to get the start on a new project just before the pandemic broke or the lockdowns happened. And when the lockdowns happened, I noticed that because there was no perspective left, like on when are we going to be able to do, to do, you know, the next moves in this project. And it was a completely new project. It wasn't like something that had been going on for a while. And then you can start making a different plan. But because it was new and it was starting at a very, very weird time and there was this whole other um, thing going on with 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 um, on the teaching and coaching front, I noticed that I did not have the energy to, you know, pull up the energy to really invest in that project. And it made me feel disheartened, right? Because it was a new project and then it sort of like died right away, even before it got started. And of course, there would have been options to do things on distance and so on. But there were challenges in that area too, at least for me personally, because all the social events and the work events, everything happened only online. It got also, despite some attempts to meet up online with fellow musicians, it just got like, it got too much, like spending so much time behind the computer and with these bright lights in your face and it was just too much. So I noticed, I also noticed the that I was having, you know, I could understand the feelings of some of my students and clients who were so tired and overwhelmed and who said, like, I, I just can't be online because all my my whole life is online nowadays. And it's like tiring to be you know, staring at a screen all the time. So we also experienced, I think, in that period, not just the benefits of being online and connecting online, but also 
the other the flip side of the coin is like if all social connections are taken away from you and everything suddenly happening uh, on a distance it's it's really not healthy for us human beings yeah so that was all going on <laughs> and then I also started teaching at the music university in the middle of the pandemic and I got a new choir that I became the conductor of also in the middle of the pandemic and in the middle of the pandemic I also started a new relationship so there is a lot of things going on simultaneously where you are getting to know new people you are navigating positions and situations where you are a leader of new people and a group in the middle of unsecure insecure times right so you have an extra challenge going on because you are the leader of that pack and everybody is going through a difficult time collectively, a challenging time, that adds extra pressure for the leader of the pack. And also at the same time, getting to know a new person in an intimate relationship is, you know, despite that it's the most exciting face many times when you're like, Ooh, who are you? <laughs> you know, it's also a phase when you are, it's so easy to, you know, lose your own energy in a way and to gravitate towards the other person's energy because you're just figuring out who is this person and how do we relate to each other energetically. So it was quite a lot of things that took place in a short amount of time uh, under world circumstances that were quite unusual and challenging. And I guess for me personally, that's when that started, you know, the in a way that kind of like the creative energy started leaking left and right and everywhere. And also I found it more challenging to find a center in myself because I was constantly either, you know, holding together challenging situations for other people for groups that I was leading uh, or managing, you know, managing the business aspect of it or the, the creative uh, leadership of the situation uh, and at the same time getting to know another person intimately. So those were, at least for me, the things that I've been in retrospective thinking led to this beginning of the creative drain. So how could I then have safeguarded myself from the drain? And let's look at how we can do that because we cannot control world circumstances and we have a lot of different circumstances going on in our lives where 
you know, we meet challenging situations and also exciting new situations like getting to new getting to know a new person romantically is an exciting situation, right? So I think it's not realistic to look at safeguarding your creative energy from a perspective that would look like I'm going to create this bubble to keep my own creative energy intact and nobody and nothing from the outside can ever kind of like touch it because that's not how it works. And I also don't think the point is to isolate yourself and never see anybody in order to just create because creativity does need input from the outside things that we experience things that we see and hear they are all like input for your artistic work so you can't create in some vacuum of some sorts and i also don't believe that the point with you know, safeguarding your creative energy, if we now may call it that, is to create some sort of a plan or a container to keep you safe from anything negative, so to speak. Because, you know, we can only learn about our own boundaries and our own needs in retrospective like by figuring out like well that did not feel okay like that definitely made me feel drained you can't know in advance if it's going to drain you or if it's not so there's no need to get sort of like over brainy about trying to figure out the perfect circumstances in advance instead I think the best way to safeguard your creative energy is to become super good at noticing the leaks and the drains as they are happening and just getting used to the fact that you will be patching leaks all the time probably for the rest of your life like I think if we sort of like accept that that life is sometimes leaky (laughs) and situations and circumstances can cause our creative energy to leak and if we accept that rather than try to fight it and while accepting it get super good at noticing what's draining and then get super good at taking like immediate action if you may or taking action on it as quickly as possible and becoming active participants in shaping your circumstances, your own circumstances, rather than taking the the back seat, sitting in the back seat and just, you know, let the driver go wherever and have this feeling like, well, I actually don't want to sit in this car, but poor me, I'm sitting in the back seat, so I can't do anything. You always have the possibility to shift the thing that is happening if you take an active role in shifting it. 
And sometimes things do need time. And certain themes in your life are going to come back for as long as you need the time to, first of all, realize that, oh, this theme is happening in my life. Oh, it just changed shapes. It's the same theme, but it's happening in a different context now. So every time that happens, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to grow and to shift and to sort of like transcend that theme or to get into a different place with this theme so that next time it shows up on your doorstep, it's not going to be that heavy. You're going to respond differently or you're not going to make the same decisions that lead then to the same type of suffering, if we may use that word. So every time you find yourself in something that you feel, oh, now it's happening again, it is really a very good opportunity to pause and reflect because in that moment, you hold actually the key to your quantum leap to take you to the next level of the game, so to speak. And that is why I also think my creative block felt so huge this time. Because like I said, I have been going through similar things in the past. And it was as if this time it was like this, it's now or never like, girl, are you going to like, are you going to do something about it for good? Or do you want to keep having this theme coming back uh, in your life for the rest of your life? So that's why I felt actually happy that I discovered this, that I discovered, oh, yeah, I do have patterns around giving and receiving, like I am that person that tends to gravitate towards giving and serving and working for others, like helping others and then forgetting about myself. Like I need to be really honest with myself about that. And once I realize that I can start creating, um, you know, certain boundaries around my own energy to make sure that I nourish myself. And this is where coaching is something that is so helpful. And I'm speaking about it not just from the role of being a coach for other artists myself, but also from the role of being an artist who has coaches. I seek out coaching and work with coaches because it helps me so much with, you know, it's like having this mirror put up in front of you and then having that person who asks questions in a way that help you arrive at insights for yourself. So it's not somebody that shows you you have to do this in this way, but somebody who, you know, holds space for you to have your own insights and helps you grow into the direction you want to grow towards. 
and also, of course, helps you in that specific area that you have sought out coaching for. So I think one of the ways that we can safeguard our creative energy is really by not trying to do it all by ourselves, but actively seeking out help and guidance and coaching, because it's so much more difficult to see where your own patterns and blind spots and habits are. You do really need that person who can hold up the mirror and help you see what those habits and patterns and the mindset that, you know, is guiding your decisions and your habits, what that is, and then also give you the tools to shift it. And if I'm now reflecting back on my story about getting creatively drained and how I had several insights that actually then led me to take the step to leave the Netherlands and show up in this place where then this cork on my creative block could pop. Um, part of the insights came from one of my own coaches who was very, very strict in when it comes to planning your time and scheduling to always start with your own needs first. Now, to me, that was something that was unheard of. Like I was, what do you mean? My own needs first. Yes, literally plan my quarters and my years first by looking at what are family events that are taking place? What are the, my vacations? What are my, like, first plan your personal days and then start planning the working schedule around it. And this is not how I had learned to look at it. I had been working in the total opposite way for years. I had been, like squeezing in all the work appointments first and making space for anything work related and then trying to figure out how the hell to have time for myself after all the working you know stuff was in the schedule I was like well and then what about me I was planning to go to a yoga lesson but I guess I'm not going you know or yeah or kind of like looking at talking about the scraps of energy or the scraps of time that are left over for yourself I was so used to just taking whatever was left over for myself after I had handed out everything everywhere else to other people and to, you know. So that was really like it was confronting. And it was also confronting to notice that that was my pattern. It was also super challenging for my mindset because at the time that I was working with the coach in this, um, pandemic period 
uh, I just really did not see at first how to make this happen because my mindset was so against it. My mindset was saying like, but you can't, you can't first put yourself first. It's like unheard of. And if I'm then looking back and sort of like analyzing where that mindset might have come from, I can see, you know, patterns that I have learned as a child from seeing how hard my parents were working, especially my dad. He was working so hard to, you know, keep everything together because my family was not in a position where we could, you know, be called financially wealthy. So I grew up seeing that, witnessing that. Plus, there was also, you know, this um, Lutheran, Protestant kind of like mentality that you have to work really hard. So learning to gravitate towards what is pleasurable and enjoyable was very challenging for me because of having that cultural background that basically ingrained in your subconscious that you need to work hard and yeah, don't spend time on silly things like, I don't know, doing something that is just pleasurable for the sake of, you know, feeling enjoyment and pleasure. So those are very important things to keep in mind when it comes to fixing our leaks and our drains. We might be operating too much on what I would like to then call the masculine side of energies. And if we look at energy, so masculine energy and feminine energy or energetic principles, it's probably good to mention here that these are not determined by gender, but these are energetic principles that we all have access to. So we all can and do embody masculine energy and feminine energy. So Masculine energy is active, it's expanding, it's doing, it's that energy that gets things done, it performs, it achieves. It's also structured and linear and feminine energy is, on the other hand, receptive and surrendering and it is more flowing, it's less structured, is it's more like flowing and giving birth to new creative ideas. And it is more dynamic and circular. So alignment is also about balancing these two energetic principles in yourself, feminine energy and masculine energy, because we need both. We need activity and then we need stillness. 
We need doing and taking action and achieving, and we need to listen and surrender and receive, receive guidance, receive ideas, and really tune in. And then the masculine energy can make it happen. So we, we sort of like, we need to have a flow of both energies in our lives and in our societies. And I think one of the reasons why our creative energies are often depleted these days is we are having some kind of what I would like to call almost a worldwide energetic epidemic going on which is an imbalance in these energetics around how we work and how we are like drilled to be in action all the time and to perform and produce nonstop all the time. It is like ingrained in our societies because we have for so, so long been operating with an imbalance we have been operating on the masculine side of energies and not embracing the feminine side of energies as much so this imbalance is super deep in the layers of our society the way i see it and i have found this imbalance Existing even in places like arts institutes where and on the work floor, like in the in the scene where we are working as creatives and artists. And this is oftentimes kind of like disguised as working so hard because you love what you do. Or even in having a professional attitude. I have heard horror stories from colleagues and from people that I coach, from artists who I coach, about deeply, deeply unhealthy situations that they, or experiences that they had endured during performing arts training and where the message was if you don't perform under these circumstances then you don't have a professional attitude then that must mean you are not serious about this so if we have learned during our studies that putting ourselves last and performing under any circumstances and you know, like this show must go on attitude. If we have learned that during our studies and we have learned that that is supposedly having a professional attitude, then of course we're going to have enormous challenges with boundaries and with putting our own needs first and now I'm talking about our needs to be happy and healthy, balanced human beings, energetically, mentally, emotionally, 
financially, physically. So I think we as a collective have a huge responsibility to really examine what are the unhealthy patterns that we are collectively keeping up that have their roots in, you know, learned behavior from these types of situations and that where we are masking it as professional attitude because unless we change it we are going to keep seeing artists who get burnt out and who have unhealthy lives in some department so mentally financially energetically emotionally physically so I think when we're looking at creative drains and we are examining it from a larger perspective, we are actually hitting a larger issue that is dormant underneath that we need to we need to really start healing this issue. All right, I think we could dive even deeper into this topic and we probably will. But for now, let's take some takeaways from this episode. And who knows, we will be continuing discussions around creative energy and energy drains in future episodes. Let me know how this resonates with you and if you would like to explore this topic further. So here are the takeaways from today's episode. Number one, creative blocks are completely normal. We can all experience them and move through them. Number two, find out what nourishes you, restores your energy and fills your own cup and then do more of that. Nobody can give and create on an empty cup. Number three, you can't create in a vacuum. Your life experiences are input for your creative work, so don't be afraid of them. Number four, you can only learn about your own boundaries in retrospective, so there's no point in trying to figure out the perfect circumstances in advance. Number five, become really good at noticing what drains you and what leaks your energy as it is happening and then take an active role in fixing these leaks. Become an active participant in shifting your circumstances rather than sitting in the backseat and feeling a victim of your circumstances. Number six, some themes will come back until you are ready to shift them. So start noticing patterns in your energy trains. They will point you toward your personal themes. Number seven, in the moment you notice your personal theme and work through it, you hold the keys to taking the next quantum leap in your life. Number eight, coaching can help you see what mindset, habits and patterns are leading you to experience creative energy drains and blocks and give you the tools to shift it. 
Number nine, start asking yourself, what do I need to operate at my best and learn to take care of your own needs? Number 10, notice in yourself when you're gravitating towards masculine or feminine energy. Becoming aware of how these energies work in your own life is the first step toward creating balance. All right, guys, that's it for today's podcast episode. I would love to hear from you how this resonates. If you want to dive deeper into exploring energy drains and how to fix them. And also, I would really love to hear what are the things that drain you? And if you have experienced a big creative obstacle, how did you bounce back and get your own creative energy back into flow? So do join the conversation over at the blog at createfromthesource.com and send me a message at podcast at katyamaria.com with your insights. I love to hear from you and I will see you soon in the next episode.